The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Welcome everyone to Connected. This is the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts, where we have conversations with members of the arts community. Um, And this is a special edition, our series entitled Vote Local, the Art in Local Politics. I am Erin Rayberg, one of the founders and executive directors of Side Street Studio Arts. And joining me today is Jody Perkins, who is running for Elgin City Council. Welcome, Jody. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And thank you for having me. This is exciting. Good. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to dive right in. I want to know your your Elgin story. What what are you doing in Elgin? How did that happen? <laughs> well, um, I am a fourth generation Elgin resident. My great grandparents arrived from Denmark and Norway in the early 1900s. Uh, they landed in the Elgin area. They fell in love with it. And uh, once they got married, they didn't know each other right away, but they they met and uh, they planted their roots and soon began raising their families. Uh, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, was a business owner in downtown Elgin for over 30 years. And my stepfather had a very successful business in the north end of Elgin for over 50 years. And he is actually a member of the Elgin Sports Hall of Fame. Um, I have always been involved in my community and recently became a board member of the Friends of Lords Park Zoo after volunteering for that organization for many years. Um, I spend my time volunteering and being a member of the Elgin Historical Society as well. Through my employer, um, I have worked on United campaigns um, and I volunteered at, and I always get this one wrong, United Oh shoot, what is it? United Holiday Wishes Bears Care. It was an event. It's a lot of words. And I think every <laughs> sponsor had to get in there or something. I don't know. But it was a great event. It was sponsored by United Airlines and the Chicago Bears, um, benefiting underserved families in the inner city of Chicago. It was a fabulous event. And I certainly enjoyed doing that. Um, I graduated from St. Edward Catholic High School here in Elgin, and I have attended Elgin Community College, Harper College, and the University of Illinois down in Urbana-Champaign. Um, I married an Air Force veteran, and my son is currently serving as a staff sergeant in the Air Force, and I've enjoyed being a flight attendant for United Airlines for over 32 years. Um, a little family history here, we'll go back to the family. Are you familiar with the uh, Pioneer Memorial statue? Located on the riverbank. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, that was designed. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't live to see it created in all its glory, but that was my relative, Trigby Rovelstead. And the, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure most of your your listeners know, but it depicts a pioneer family on their symbolic journey through the new frontier, which was Elgin, and they're led by a scout. Well, the statue portrays a obviously a pioneer family. Well, the, the dad of that family has his arm outstretched and he's pointing off into the distance. Well, I know what my great grandfather's arm looked like because that's his arm. So just a little, just a little fun fact. So it's kind of fun. It's kind that's of fun. That, you know, I when I drive that. past that, you know, you know, I, it's, it's a big deal, you yeah. know, you know, 
not everybody knows it, but yeah, that arm was modeled after my great grandfather. So that's kind of cool. My my grandfather was George Vandevoord, who was mayor of Elgin for a while and fire chief. And he ha- he has a fox on one of the bridges, you know, one of the the foxes. And so every time I go by that, I kind of dust it off and make sure, you know, and say hi to Grandpa. Um, <laughs> so one of those foxes so is dedicated. He, so I know that. Yeah, yeah. So, so he created uh, the fox. <laughs> I I don't know. He didn't create the fox, but no. one of them is dedicated to him, and so well, I one is I, dedicated to them. So yeah. then you understand. I right. don't go and dust the Pioneer Memorial statue. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find a big enough duster. <laughs> I could relate to the uh, family affection for a sculpture situation. <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, I didn't I didn't know um, my great grandfather and. Um, you know, it's just kind of a cool thing that, you know, I can, uh, I can tell people if they ask, but most people don't ask. <laughs> That's great. Well, and Jody, why are you, why are you running for city council? Running for Elgin city council, along with my running mates, uh, Karen Jones and Jerry McHugh, um, because we are like-minded. But personally, it's because I recognize that the Elgin City Council truly needs to demonstrate and exercise more of a common sense approach to making decisions. Um, Lately, they haven't been doing that and they've been bogged down with national issues that don't necessarily um, apply to Elgin. And I think we need to get back to the citizens of Elgin and represent all of the citizens of Elgin and um, just not get bogged down with those national issues. Um, I think the council needs to be a little bit more proactive and less reactive. I think they have been proactive in some regards and, and more reactive in the bigger scheme of things. But I would like to be part of the improvement and bring back just let's work for everybody and uh, let's make the city great because I've lived here for, for my entire life. And um, Elgin's a great city. It's a great city. And um, I knew it when it was great. I knew it was when it was really bad. And it's there. It's coming back. But I just want to kind of help propel it forward a little bit faster than we've been seeing it in the last eight years. So that would be the primary reason. You know, I didn't get to ask Jerry or Karen this, but the the three of you as running mates, what does that mean as a as a voter? Just, what does know, that mean to me? You know, it's not it's 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 not you know we're still separate, but what we found when we when we talk is that we have a lot of ideas that have a common denominator. We're very like how do you say that? Um, our thinking is very in line with each other. Now they're they were elected, and Jerry decides that you know every neighborhood I don't know something crazy. <laughs> I may not agree with that, and we're okay with that, you know. But I think we each bring a lot to the table that could really make Elgin great. And honestly, if you want things done, you got to have like-minded people. You know, and people with um, an individual and, um, oh, shoot, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, um, independent thought process as well. You know, and I and I know we all do that. I mean, I've conversed with all of them, all three of them, well, 
the other two. And um, it's, it's, it's a lively conversation. And um, I learn from them. They learn from me. It's just, it's, it's, they're good women. They're really good women and their heart. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't align myself with them if I didn't think they had the, if they didn't have Elgin as the reason they're doing this. This is not about them. This isn't about me. I just want to make Elgin better for all of us. And, and they do too. Thank you. That's helpful. Um, so what has your past involvement and support in the arts and culture in Elgin been over, over these generations? <laughs> um, well, as a board member of the Friends of Lords Park Zoo, um, they, you know, we try... It's hard as a non-for-profit to get people into your location. And when the group was formed, they wanted to get rid of the zoo. And the zoo, you know, the Lords had the zoo. I mean, it's been, my mom remembers going to the zoo. And I remember going to the zoo. I took my child to the zoo. You know, and the thought of going to Lords Park and not having bison there, it was bad. But the city was at that time um, when our economy was down, they didn't have money and that was something they wanted to cut. So hence Friends of Lords Park Zoo was created. Um, and that group has been extremely instrumental in making sure that that zoo keeps running. Now, COVID obviously shut us down last year, um, but ways to get children into the zoo with their parents. We thought, hey, this huge retreat, let's have art in the zoo. So that's when um, one of the board members, um, and I, I'm positive it was Betsy, um, reached out and we got local a local artist to come in and, and they did an art project with the kids. And I have to say that that is probably one of our biggest programs. And it's paid for by us. It's free to the public. Um, you know, we pay the artists, obviously, whatever they, you know, whatever that fee is, it's, it's, it's nominal. But um, then, not counting this past year, but the year before when the zoo was open, uh, we hired Chamber on the Fox to come and play. Again, huge event, very popular. And we had every intention um, as we were having meetings up until when the city decided to close that we were going to hire them again because it was so popular. And again, you know, we fundraise and things like that, but we would pay for that and it was no charge to, to the people that came. There were kids there dancing. It was great. It was a great event. Um, would we like to do more things like that? Of course we would. Um, but you know, there's only so much money in our budget. Um, so that, that would be the biggest thing. I mean, other than personally going to little events and stuff like that, that are held going to the symphony and things like that. But um, that would be my big involvement in it. You call it big. <laughs> um, the city of Elgin also often calls itself over the years a city of the arts. How do you feel about the city's current support and involvement in the arts in Elgin um, from, from the government side out? And what do you support or what would you change of any of that? When, um, well, in the past, uh, the city has supported the Elgin Symphony, Symphony Orchestra, um, in my opinion, quite well. Um, 
Let me see. I have to read my note here. Uh, the symphony, again, with, with the economy and everything back when this happened, the symphony owed the city of Elgin a lot of rent for the Hemans. And um, I got to get my note here for the amount. Um, what it's okay. Okay, in 2013, they needed capital to operate. And even though, you know, I wasn't, um, I didn't contribute to the symphony, I knew the importance of that. So when, when they were talking about giving them money um, to let them operate, I'm like, yeah, we need to do that. It's an important thing. Um, my grandparents were huge supporters of the symphony. And I was like, my grandmother would be so upset if the symphony was gone, even though she had by then passed. So um, they continued to have financial problems and the city ended up forgiving the balance of that loan, which was significant in my mind, $161,000. So just so that they would continue to be able to operate and use Hemmons. Um, I think you know, um, the role of the local government has always been to provide, you know, the things we see, the roads, you know, police, fire, services, things like that. But I think they need to invest in other things. And I think the city has shown that they have. Um, they also showed um, their support of the arts when they, they created the commission. Um, the Cultural Arts Commission, um, you know that, um, you're part of that. Um, and you also know that it's a vital tool because it encourages cultural, it encourages cultural growth in Elgin and ensures that arts, culture, and the uh, entertainment are central elements of the city. Um, and it's a central element because it, it, it gives a quality of life to Elgin residents that they may not get in Pingree Grove, for instance, you know, a town that is just houses. Um, establishing, establishing the public art plan is another example of the city support. I think that's an awesome program. Um, I also think this, the council needs to remain open to the ideas that the commission presents. Um, I believe this because having a strong arts and cultural presence adds to the livability of our community. Um, it makes it a sought out community to live in, um, not just for artists, um, but for everyone. And even the visitors, you know, it gives, it gives people a reason to come to Elgin and it gives people a reason to come to Elgin and stay. Those, you mentioned the Elgin Symphony, is that part of why you felt it was important to make sure you know, we as a community sustained, helped to sustain this organization and, and bringing people from the outside in and, and making us uh, an enthralling place to live? I think it adds to it, definitely. And I think it gives Elgin a unique piece of art. I mean, what other town has their own symphony orchestra? You know, Schomburg can't even say that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I think it's huge. And to have them at that point, if I, I mean, I'd have to pour through, um, I'm going by my own memory, but I believe they were willing to vacate Hemmons and move to another city at that point. And I, 
I just didn't think that that was a good idea. And I'm glad at the time that the city leaders said, that's a bad idea. We need to keep them here. It's yeah, I'm, I'm, I know at the time, and even it's even still talked about the the controversial nature of that kind of decision. Um, you know, so uh, the idea of the importance of keeping something as storied and with the legacy of the symphony is is always an interesting and significant conversation in my mind, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's, that's a lot of money to mm-hmm. put it in an organization that you know. Um, I, I think it, I think it definitely, it's, pro- I mean, in my mind, it's probably one of their biggest um, acts of support to the arts community. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, since then, I think they've opened up their eyes that this is something that we need to do even broader, you know, um, yeah. the murals or all that stuff. You know, I think it's, I think it's cool. Um. My organization, Side Street, is part of the downtown Elgin community, uh, and we know in many places that downtowns can be a, a hub for arts and culture activities. You mentioned Hemmins, you know, of course, part of that downtown area. Do you feel this is true about our downtown, and um, do you see it as, as a vibrant arts hub? Can more be done to support that arts hub? And then kind of as a follow-up to that, what about the tentacles moving out from downtown to the rest of rest of Elgin? Are there other arts hubs out there or more activity needed out there? Um, I do feel and believe that the downtown is the hub uh, for arts and culture. I mean, the location of our downtown in relationship to the rest of the city makes the area the most ideal. I mean, it is essentially in the center of Elgin. Um the downtown is easily gotten to from I-90, from uh, Route 20 Lake Street. You know, we're right off of Route 31. We're right off of Route 25. Metro's right there. Um, Pace has an awesome system as well. So we have the capability to bring a lot of people to Elgin. This is not true in St. Charles. They, I mean, it is not easy to get to St. Charles from anywhere. You know, so, I mean, we need to, you know, yes, it is, it is definitely a hub and we need to um, use those, you know, assets that we have to our advantage to bring people in. Um, but yes, it's, I, I think it is and can be a bigger hub in the future. And how could the city help with that? Or what would um, the city's involvement look like in that? All right, I had to think about this. You had me think. You, you had me thinking. Um, one of my ideas is, uh, you know, is to have the Downtown Neighborhood Association continue to work closely with the Cultural Arts Commission. I think that's a relationship that needs to um, continue to grow and become even in bigger. Um, we have a fabulous bike path which winds its way through Elgin an idea, it's probably been thought of already, I don't claim to be that creative. Um, an idea would be to incorporate different art pieces along the riverfront, you know, especially downtown, and maybe have them tell a story which would lead them into downtown. And maybe they would find the end of the story and maybe have a cup of coffee, ice cream, you know, have a shake at Al's, have dinner at Al's, or, or any of the other, and you know, eateries around. Um, 
as a flight attendant, I've come through the customs hall um, at O'Hare far too many times. Now. <laughs> um, but one of the hallways has all of these benches along the wall. Have you been through there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was upset when they removed the stained glass display. Mm-hmm. Very upset with that because I <laughs> love looking at them every time I came home from a trip. Um, but I love stained glass. Um, but then they replaced it um, with uh, these benches. And I love these benches. And it, it, it I mean, they're more creative. Um, and they all tell a little story. And of course, I'm on my way home. So I haven't, you know, stopped very often to read the little, the little bronze uh, plaque they have on them. But I think adding something like that would be kind of fun downtown. You know, um, in the past, you know, it'd be kind of similar, but, you know, the cows on parade and in Elgin, we had the dinosaurs. I also think that would be fun again. I mean, I enjoyed driving around the city looking at the different dinosaurs. You know, it's just, it's just, it gets kids involved too. You know, and um, the dinosaurs were kind of when when my son was younger and he liked doing that. So um, I like that. I also think that, you know, you do the same thing with the dinosaurs, auction it off and it goes to the art community. You know, um, uh, I also think uh, the city has embraced the murals. I love the idea of murals. Uh, we were just talking about murals today. Um, and we were talking about the different ones that we like, Karen and Jerry and I. And um, and I said, you know, it became it becomes a Snapchat moment or a selfie moment if you can get people to come and say, oh, my friend was by this mural, it was really pretty, blah blah blah. I want to go down there and see mine. You know, encourage you know having the city encourage more murals, I think would be fun. I mean, we've got some some places where we could definitely add a few of those. Um, the other idea that I think the city could do is shut off the um, the river promenade that they just built. Shut it off on a Friday. Um, I travel all the time. One of the cool things in Paris is when you're walking, there's a sidewalk right on the banks of the Seine, but above the Seine, there's, there's streets on either side, and the artists set up their stuff on the walls and you can walk. And I mean, we've enjoyed that as flight attendants for years. And I think, why can't Elgin do that? Instead of, you know, instead of just having a farmer's market, why don't we have an, an art market where local artisans bring their stuff? And then the restaurants are like right there. People can come, look at the art, go get something to eat. Everybody benefits. It becomes a place, oh, instead of Friday fish fry, let's go, hey, let's go down to the art market, you know? I would go to that. I'd go to that in a heartbeat. It'd be fun. You know, have little people playing music outside and there's culture. Everybody needs it. And what oh, about the last that? one? Oh, the, no. the tentacles. The tentacles yeah. of hopes. <laughs> tentacles just occurred to me as my hands made the tentacles <laughs> most. Oh, yeah, too bad. That you, <laughs> the listeners won't see the visual of that. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, Wing and Lord's Park are huge places, you know, um, art in the park, not the Lord's Park Zoo, Friends of Lord's Park Zoo thing, but having art in the park. I mean, our parks are fabulous. Um, obviously, we have the band shelf at Wing Park. Um, 
So, I mean, that would be an obvious place. And I mean, I know with the parks department, they would have um, concerts in the park. But um, again, I think, I think having some type of bigger event in the parks would be a way to get people, you know, that could walk over from the different neighborhoods and maybe it's too far to walk downtown. But yeah, I think there's the parks, even some of the larger um, neighborhood parks too, you know, just my ideas though. Yeah, so there's lots of talk. What you're making me think is lots of your ideas seem to have parks and arts going hand in hand, you know, which is not new, <laughs> you know, and, no, and it's not new, uh, it's not new. A natural, seemingly a natural progression, you know, in in how we access things, especially in this moment, in a more safe, um, safe way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, our whole thought process has changed because of COVID. Hopefully someday we're back to normal. But um, yeah, I think things can be done. It just has to be, you just have to think differently on how to get it done. Yeah. So in this moment of all of that, like everyone, you know, arts, nonprofits, individual organizations, that sort of thing are suffering um, at Side Street Studio Arts, just one of our kind of keynote events is our battle of the bands. And normally there's, you know, more than a hundred people scrunched in our gallery, listening to loud music and sweating and dancing and singing. And, you know, that's not coming back <laughs> anytime soon. And so, you know, that's affecting a lot in our music community and beyond. Um, so do you see the city kind of currently doing anything to support this moment for both, you know, artists and beyond, as well as the recovery from this moment? I haven't, I mean, they haven't discontinued some of their art programs, which is promising. Um, I think cities, not only Elgin, but they don't know what to do at this point. It's such, it's something we've never had to deal with ever. Um, but I think, you know, um, part of the problem is financial. You know, a lot of revenue has been shut off to the city because of COVID. And um, I mean, I, I know that the Park and Rec's department tries to do things, concerts in the park and, and, and those types of things and have their classes, but that department by far has been hurt the most. And which is upsetting because in today's world, we need them the most. I mean, not counting, you know, the utilities and fire and all that. I mean, those are always a need. But I mean, at this point in time, we need parks around. We need their programs. I mean, yes, they've been limited into what they can do. Um, but now we're open up again a little bit. You know, we can have up to 50 people again. I think it is of today and but now they don't have staff so and they don't have money and I don't I don't know exactly what the city can do as far as you know pumping money that isn't there into the parks department do I think they want to I hope they do and I believe they do I believe they do again I hope they do um but what could they do that maybe doesn't cost them any money 
Um, something I, I, you know, again, thinking outside of the box a little bit. If you can work with Parks and Rec, I mean, they have all the, the tents and the tables and the chairs and all that stuff. What if you created a roaming art gallery? You know, and just bring different um, different artists. Maybe they could have a class with a few people. You know, any you got to think outside of the box. And I think the city can help by shutting off the street. That doesn't cost them anything. Have a block party for art. Um, you don't need any extra. I mean, just that that time to put up the barricades. That's not a big deal. I think um, they can offer you the use of tents. You know, for an event like that. You know, okay, implement weather, and and I think the city can at this point. That might be all they can do. I'm just thankful that they haven't shut money off to anything. You know, that is art related. You know, um, I think that's important to recognize that they haven't done that. But I think there are little things they can do. But they're not going to be the organizers of it at this point. You know, um, and I. I know Parks and Rec is is short staffed, um, but I think they want to get out there too. I mean, if you've got that in your blood, you want to get people out and doing things. And I can't help but think that they're as frustrated with all of this as as we all are, you know. But I I think I think they can come together, the art community and the parks, and figure out something that doesn't cost the city a lot of money, and yet get people out and enjoying art and. Maybe bringing it to the people would be the way to do it at this point. In an outdoor, you know, not now, especially not this weekend, though. <laughs> but that, I mean, that, oh, that would be. Let's not kick it off this. Let's not kick let's it off this, off this weekend. You know, let's, let's throw it around a little bit, talk about it. <laughs> um, I think, you know, as we're starting to recover from this, I think the city, you know, going back to the downtown being being the hub and, and creating it to be the hub, I think um, vacant spaces in the downtown area, there, you know, in the downtown, there's a lot of them, um, could be used for like pop-up studios, gallery, performance spaces, but some of this might involve some zoning changes. That wouldn't cost the city anything, you know. Um, the city needs to be open to those zoning changes because the world has changed. It's never going back. Um, uh, they could possibly lessen some of the uh, fees, possibly eliminate them. You know, I don't um, just just be open to the change that these these buildings and spaces could be used for for the benefit of the art community and bring culture down. Um, I think they just have to be a little bit more flexible than maybe they have been in the past. Um, but that would be a way that they could help in the recovery. Um, again, you know, going back to the, the riverfront promenade on, you know, my Friday night idea, um, that would be simple for them to do. That, I mean, shutting off that street, again, not a big deal. And that would just give them, um, give the artists a, a venue, a free venue you know, to set up, set up shop and, and sell their wares. You know, I think, it, I think that would be very beneficial. So, so there's just a few things that they could possibly do to, to help that really wouldn't put a financial strain on a, on a city that's 
trying to get through this as best as they can, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's an understatement, right? I mean, how do we, how do we answer the questions? How are you right now? Right. Everything feels like an understatement. Yeah. 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 And everybody says, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Probably not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Jody, we are almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to throw in that we didn't get to or anything? Um, yeah, I did. I did write a closing statement a little bit here. Um, I believe artists are one of the assets that is present in every community. Uh, so when you're thinking about asset-based community development, um, you know, we're lucky that we have a beautiful waterfront. Not everybody does. Ours isn't as beautiful as some, but we do have a, you know, a riverfront. Um, we do have a strong public transportation system. I mean, we do have colleges. So we, 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 have, we have the basis to be, be great. But even if we didn't have those things, um, every community has people who sing and dance and tell stories. Um, most art is consumed in person, in real time, and with other people. So because of that, people must go somewhere or do something together that drives foot traffic, which is good, um, which is good community development 101. We just need to create foot traffic. You want um, positive street presence. You want eyes on the street and public safety. Elgin does a great job of that. So we don't, you know, we don't have to worry about that. When you have big groups of people, they tend to spend money because they want to buy a sandwich or or dinner or a drink. Arts and culture can drive foot traffic, local economies, and improve public safety. And I believe this to be true. I truly believe that. I mean, uh, let's see. We need art. We need art in Elgin. Um, Art does something that nothing else does. It creates a more stable community. It builds community attachment and social cohesion and civic engagement. Um, Recent research shows that people who participate in the arts are more likely to participate in activities beyond the arts, especially volunteering at higher rates. People who volunteer, you know, it it all goes back to pride in the community to me, you know, um, and I want people to bring back that pride. In my opinion, Elgin is an entertainment and arts center and a recognized leader in providing a high quality of life with a wide variety of options. Elgin's exceptional opportunities include cultural arts and entertainment that are unmatched by surrounding suburbs, including serving as home of the Elgin Symphony Orchestra. The strong base of arts organizations and individual artists distinguish Elgin as an arts destination. Art venues such as our Hemans, Cultural, cultural Art Center, the Art Showcase and Art Loss Retail Area, along with events such as Art and Soul on the Fox and a summer concert series in the city's recently renovated Festival Park helped solidify Elgin as a leader in our cultural arts. We know this awe-inspiring aspect of our community will continue to grow, attracting more and more professionals and patrons. And I want to be part of the city leadership that keeps the arts department and you know Cohen make us better just make us pretty (laughs) 
Jody, thank you for that. If anyone wants to know more about you or anything else about you, where should they go? How should they find out where they can, where can they get you? Um, you can get us on Facebook at Jones McHugh Perkins for Elgin City Council. You can find us on Instagram at the same, um, I don't know what they call it on Instagram. Handle. Handle. Is it your handle? <laughs> I'm not up on this stuff. Um, I might be wrong too. I might be like 10 years beyond behind that too. So. <laughs> don't even do Snapchat for goodness sake. Um, and then, uh, our website at, uh, jump. For Elgin City Council at uh, dot com. Yeah, jumpforcitycouncil.com is our website. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today, Jody. We hope everyone is thinking about their voting plan, right? And starting to consider your candidates and do your research um, and, and figure out how you're going to get to the polls to vote in our very, very important local elections. Um, Jody Perkins, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank nice you. meeting you and talking nice with you. To meet you. Yes. Um, be sure to follow Side Street Studio Arts at all of those kind of same places Jody just mentioned. We're there too. And listen to this podcast, Connected. Uh, follow us, rate us, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Stay tuned for more Vote Local episodes to get uh, more information on all of our candidates and have a good day, everyone. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.